I have spent most of the last three years looking for a job. So, not to sound cocky or arrogant, but I just kind of feel like I've become somewhat of an expert in trying to look for a job at least. And I think I have some advice to give. I have things to say about this topic. So, Hello and welcome to Lost in the Source. I am your host, Lola, and today we're going to be talking about jobs, right? Um, I spent a lot of time looking for jobs. Uh, I spent a lot of time in them too, so I mean, it's not been all looking. I have had jobs. I've had three jobs in the last almost two years now, which doesn't sound amazing, but I promise you, like, it's, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds. My first ever tech job that I got paid for on like an actual payroll salaried basis was two hours away from my front door door to door it was two hours and I would do a four-hour journey and I didn't work Fridays I I don't I didn't work Fridays because of religious reasons so I would make up the hours in the week so I would do uh nine to seven every day and then do a four hour commute on top of that. Now, when I first started this job, it was amazing. It felt great to be paid to do something that I enjoyed doing. And the journey wasn't so bad actually, like the journey in was always great. The views were amazing on the train and all of this kind of stuff. I didn't mind waking up early, but as the time went on, as like the microaggressions increased and you could kind of see the cracks and it started getting to winter and it started getting dark early. Just things started to become really exhausting, really, really exhausting. So, yeah, that was like my first job. And that job taught me a lesson. It taught me that you have to know what you're looking for in your first job. Like, what do you want to get out of it? Are you trying to progress in that same company? Are you looking to work in a company that's going to give you accolades and um, bonuses and, like, you know, take you to the next level in terms of you're going to start as a junior and you're probably going to spend five years there and by the time you're leaving, you'll be, like, high, mid, um, senior level developer? Or are you just looking for something to put your foot in the door? When I got that first job, I didn't know and I didn't really think about it because I was so desperate. I was on Job Seekers Allowance again and it was like, no, come on now, I need to be in a paying job. So I took, I know no one was trying to hire me. Like this was after my boot camp experience and no one was trying to hire me. So I took the first job that would pay me and pay me something decent. In hindsight, the salary was not great at all. In hindsight, the salary was not good. Um, they covered my uh, transport. They covered my transport. So imagine the salary they started off, me off with. It was better than I was receiving at the time because anything's better than Job Seekers Allowance. Um, but 
in terms of in comparison to the rest of the industry and for the fact that I was living in London, it wasn't a good salary. And then they decided to pay for my um, train ticket, which was really nice of them, actually, because if I had paid for it, I'd be paying more than they were paying. And so they took the money that they were paying for the train ticket out of my salary, which decreased my salary um, by 5K. My train ticket was about £500 a month. So that was a killer as well. But you need to think about these things. At the time, I was desperate and I didn't really um, consider it. And also there was no space or room to consider it because I needed a job and I needed a job quick, right? So in my time there, I spent a lot of time, I went into the job thinking, okay, I'm going to get industry experience. And in this job, it's going to give me room to grow. Like I will learn a whole bunch of stuff. I will um, be able to do things that I was trying to do alone, but because I'm in a um, environment with a team of people who know how to do these things I'll learn quicker that's not exactly what happened the team I was in was quite small um, it was about four people but it increased the longer I like by the time I left it had increased a bit not significantly and um, it was just it was really weird like there was just this one developer who knew all of the code and all of the code base and it was very difficult trying to extract things from him because he was also a CEO. So it was very difficult, like, trying to pair with him because he had other things to do. But then it was a weird dynamic. But what ended up happening is that although there was another senior developer there and there was a mid-level developer there, but she was working on um, something else, not any of the real projects I was working on, um, I didn't really learn much in terms of coding in terms of I can take this away. What I did learn, actually, no, that's not true. I, I did learn, I did learn stuff that I didn't know coming in. Um, I learned more CSS stuff, which I wasn't, I wasn't that good at CSS when I first started. By the time I left, I was a lot more confident with that bootstrap and CSS, like plain old CSS and SCSS, um, and like, fr like front end aesthetics-y things. Um, and a little bit of JavaScript and jQuery stuff. But in terms of like Ruby, Rails, that kind of stuff, I didn't get that much experience in. And that's because they didn't trust me to do the work. And I think that's an important thing you have to watch out for in any job, actually, not just your first job. Do they trust you to do what they're paying you to do? And if they don't, what are you doing? Why are you there and why are they paying you to do this? Because essentially then they are wasting money, although it's to your benefit because you're still getting money, but you're, it's also to your loss because you're not learning and you're not growing. So what are you gaining from being there? And that's something I had to consider when I was leaving. They were boxing me into just doing CSS and HTML and bits of uh, jQuery. And I did a bit of Ruby stuff, but it was definitely nowhere near enough. Um, and so when I decided to leave, I decided to leave for multiple of reasons. I was very uncomfortable with the environment. There were rumours going around, going around about me and like, it was just obvious. I was the only black person in the whole company and the company grew to about a hundred or just over a hundred by the time I was leaving. And I started noticing behaviours and patterns that, other people didn't experience and I had spoken to a few people there and they were just they 
they could see some of the things I was talking about. And so that just kind of reassured me that, okay, number one, I'm just, it's not just me who sees this. And also number two, this is not healthy for me. I'm making a four hour journey every day to come and work in an environment that is not conducive to my growth in the industry or to my mental health. Um, so I decided to leave about this time last year. And when I was leaving, the things I I wanted from the next job was it needed to be in London, definitely needed to be in London, and it needed to be higher pay than I was currently earning. Those are the two things. And then the fact that I didn't want to be boxed in to just doing CSS. So the first job taught me to look, to look specifically for um, a job that's going, that I can grow in right? Not necessarily grow in the company, but grow developmentally, like grow my skills, my skill sets. So that's what I did looking for my next job. And I applied through jobs, mainly through a mailing list called the London Ruby Users Group. And it's a mailing list for um, developers who code in Ruby and live in London, except the mailing list is pretty large and you've got people from all over the world on that mailing list so it's it's really not just conducive to uh, London but they also have meetups once a month every first Monday of the month and they are really cool and really supportive and a lot of people get jobs off of there all of the jobs I've ever had have come off of there and a lot of people advertise for jobs on there so it's really good in that respect and you also learn a lot like people post their ruby problems on there and people solve ruby problems on there it's just a really nice community and i think i've spoken about them before but elrog check them out but so i sent my i put my cv on elrog and i was just like hey if anyone's looking for a junior developer here's the things i'm looking for cue my second job now this was an interesting one. I applied for a June I applied for a full stack software role. So that is for those who don't know what full stack is, that's like the front end and the back end. So I'll be doing things like Ruby and Rails and doing things like HTML CSS, which is which for me at the time was a dream job. I did enjoy CSS and I did enjoy HTML and I did enjoy JavaScript at the time. Um but I also really, really love Ruby and really, really love Rails. Um, and I wanted to do everything. So I thought, yes, a full stack developer job is the job for me. Now, if you go into a job, right, and you're going to apply for a Ruby role and, you know, you do the code test and the code test is in CSS, that, my friends, is a red herring. Um, I should have known at the time. I really should have known at the time. But again, I was desperate and I was looking for an escape route. And... Um, I, I remember I, I went to the interview and it was for the full stack role and on the phone he had told me that the code test was going to be in Ruby because I asked if there was anything I needed to prepare and I got there and the code test was CSS and it was really, it was like underwhelmingly simple, it was too simple and I left thinking okay I'm not really sure how that went. Um, there were some questions he asked me afterwards about um, uh, storage and things like that, which were like, again, kind of irrelevant, but not really. It was hard to gauge, but I got the job and I thought, OK, fine, it's in South London. I'm a South Londoner, so it's easy to get to from home. Um, higher pay by like 10K. So that was attractive to me at the time. Again, though, it still wasn't in comparison to someone with my experience. 
it still was not that high for someone of my experience. Um, but 10K more than you're earning before is a big jump, right? So I started this job and I remember the first day on the job, um, I I got there at nine o'clock. The CTO, which is, um, forgot to tell me to get there at 10 o'clock. So I spent about an hour, no, not an hour, it was about like half an hour sitting by myself at a table. Um, no one introduced themselves to me. No one said hello. Uh, and then when I, the, when I was when I was called over, like it was like an open plan office, I was like called over. And then everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, sorry, Lola, right? Da, 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 da. And it was fine, but I wasn't introduced to, so I was introduced to like the tech team, but I wasn't introduced to the rest of the company. The company was very, very small at the time. So it was like, everyone knew everyone in the office. It was open plan, as I said. Um, and then I thought that was just, you know, how they do things. But as new people started coming, I realized that like every couple of weeks, a new person would be at my desk and they'll be, they were being introduced to me from a different department. And then when new tech people came the same. So I just noticed that and I was just like, okay, cool. I didn't really think much of it. Again, though, I had expressed clearly in my interview, and this is important to note, you should definitely be upfront in the interview about what you're looking for. I had expressed very clearly that I was looking to do more Ruby and Rails. Um, their whole stack was built on Ruby and Rails, so that was like perfect. And the CTO had promised that that was the case. I wasn't shy from doing CSS. I didn't mind doing CSS and stuff like that. But I wanted to do more Ruby and Rails stuff. And he was like, yeah, sure, great. And at first I started off doing some. And then again, there was just this like boxing in like, okay, you're going to do the front end stuff. You're going to do JavaScript stuff. And, you know, I I did say like, is, you know, I want to do more Ruby as time was going on. And then about three months in, no, not even up to three months. I started in uh, January. By the beginning of March, I had decided that I wanted to leave. Um, I decided that, okay, this is not a job that I'm going to stay in. And definitely by September, I need to be in a new job with, again, higher pay and doing what I want to do. Um, and so during that time, between March on from from that time onwards things just started becoming more and more painfully clear now the issue I had was because I wasn't getting the experience I needed it was difficult to think how am I going to get the job I want to get because I'm not getting the experience that I need and so I decided to get a mentor there is someone who when I was first 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 looking for jobs um he wanted to hire me um, and he, cause he wanted to trial a junior program at his company, but by the time like they were consolidating and talking about it amongst themselves, I had already got a new job. So I went back to, and I had been talking to him in, in that time during this whole time. So I went back to him and I was like, Hey, do you want to mentor me? Like once a week we'll do Ruby, we'll do rails, um, just so I can get my skill up. And so that's what I did. You need to, if you're not getting everything you think you should be getting from your job, you need to look elsewhere. You need to be proactive. You need to like go on websites, look, network again. Do you know what I mean? Just skill up in your own time so that when you're ready to leave or when you're ready to move out, you can do that. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, things got, began to get worse at work. 
um, I was getting panic attacks. Um, like they put me specific, they decided to split the tech team into two. And essentially I ended up being in the front end team. I was asking colleagues if they would mentor me at work. I asked my um, CTO if I could like be mentored and he was up for it, but it never really materialized. Like there was always an excuse. There was always some kind of breakdown. Eventually I was fired. Um, my pro- I didn't pass my probation. A week before my probation ended, I was told that um, I wouldn't be continuing. And the reasons they gave were unjustified. Um, but because I've been there so- for such a short time, there's nothing legally I could do about it. So that then, that was July, the last week in June. Um, and I just got back from my birthday holiday, like literally two days after I got back, I got fired, which was like fun, obviously. So last week in June, and I'm kind of like, okay, what am I going to do? At this point, I'm really fed up with the tech industry because it feels like I'm giving them my all. I really care about tech. Um, I'm encouraging black women to come into this industry through black girl tech. And it's treating me like garbage. It's treating me really badly. And this is when I decided to write a post called Five Things to Look For in a Junior Role. And this is this was this was a defining post for me because this is what led me to the job I'm currently in. And these are the questions I asked myself. Can the team support a junior? In my second job and in my first job, although the second job had a much larger team, neither jobs could support a junior developer. They didn't know what it took to support a junior developer. They didn't know really in terms of like pair programming, what that would look like, code reviews, um, how to give critical feedback to the junior, also how to devote time. Do you know what I mean? Just like in terms of making sure the junior developer understands what's going on, and just all round support, growing them, helping them, and not necessarily answering all their questions, but giving them the right resources and the right tools or pointing them in the right direction, things like that. Um, they, both jobs didn't have that. Um, and I think it could have been because both jobs were um, like profit seeking companies in terms of they were like consumer led. So they had customers. And in that kind of environment, you're always chasing the profit. And sometimes that means you're getting things done at crunch time and all of this, and you may just not have the time. So can the team support a junior developer? It's important to manage your expectations. Be clear from the onset about what you expect in the role and make sure you understand what they expect from you as well. Because any confusion, miscommunication about that could just lead to disappointment all around. They, you may not be what they thought they were getting. They may not be what you thought you were getting. So it's important to manage your expectations. Think about your personal growth and development. What do you want to get out of just this job? I've already said like this already, but it's really about what do you want to get? Um, do they have time or room to experiment with new technologies? Are you allowed to use a percentage of your time to study or learn new things? A lot of tech companies dedicate 10 to 20% of time for personal projects and personal development. So 
think about these kind of things when you're looking like personal development how can you grow in terms of your skill set in terms of your career development and progression what can you get from this um continuous improvement as well like how do they handle mistakes ask ask companies they will ask you like you know how do you handle mistake what's the worst mistake you've you've made on a job and how did you solve it ask them too what are their mistake handling what are their processes for these things like where do you go if something goes wrong is there space to revisit mistakes and like look back on them and figure out how to learn and move forward from them um do they have a hr department having a hr department is really important although hr is for the protection of the company and not necessarily you but for example in my second job if there was a hr department it would have been a lot easier for me to actually have a claim because there would have been records of of things happening and complaints and things like that um so having a hr department that's all part of continuous improvement as well and and growth um and room for progression this isn't like necessarily compulsory depending on what you want to get out of your job but you know are you just using this job as a stepping stone in which case how important are certain things do you know what I mean if it's just a stepping stone like my first job I was only there for about eight ish months I think um and so that was just a stepping stone uh it doesn't really I took what the most I could get from that but really and truly I'm not looking back to that job to do anything it was literally just to say I've been in the industry I've worked professionally so hear me out keep reading my cv basically um but if you're looking for more in terms of like growing in that company ask about how other developers have progressed in that company do developers stay for a short time and then go why is that do developers progress really quickly and does their salary reflect that and do bonuses reflect that and you know things like that so these are really important things you should think about when you're looking for like that new job and this list helped me go into my new job because I was really I had really given up hope um and I had I wasn't going to apply for the job I had seen the job advertised and the lead developer of the company actually contacted me directly and was like hey I noticed you were looking for a job you should apply um you should send in your cv and I did and I got a call back and I was shocked that I got a call back um because obviously my cv's not like super long I'd only had two jobs and I did a boot camp um but one of the things that I've noticed that makes me stand out is black girl tech um starting black girl tech professionally does make me stand out and I would encourage anyone looking to get in the tech industry uh employers really like it when you do extracurricular stuff a lot of people narrow that down to um just developing so you know side projects and things like that which are really good side projects are really good to show you know potential employees that you care and you're interested in what you're doing but also community work is really good if you can show that you volunteer or that you demonstrate your enthusiasm and your desire to for technology in other ways employers like that too and i think black girl tech has been a real selling point for me in that and obviously i'm not doing black girl tech for that but it has helped um so i got a call back from him and he said he gave me an interview and it was like a three stage interview and i remember coming back from the second stage of the 
no, from the third stage of the interview, this was the final stage, I was told I would only have to do one co-test. Um, and the first co-test, I didn't finish there. I took it home and I finished it and I sent it to him the next morning. And then when I got back, I was told that I would have to do another co-test. So I was kind of like, oh, crap. Um, and they let me take this co-test away and do it. And so for the final um interview stage I had to do I had to answer some tech questions and I had to do like a you know organizational fit kind of interview as well and the tech questions were quite hard I, I didn't really know the answers to all of them so I remember leaving thinking oh I didn't really do amazingly and then I was told I'll get a call back on the Monday it was a Friday it was a Thursday or something it was late in the week and I got a call back the same day like hey yeah we're gonna offer you a job and what was really good about this is this was the first time I was being paid for the skill set I was at. Um, I want I did want a higher salary, but I thought let me negotiate that later on. Um so I was basically allowed to negotiate that at three months and I've been there for four months now or coming up to four months. So it worked out for me quite well. Um and in this job the tech um the tech interviews reflected the work I would actually be doing and the work I, I am actually doing again I was clear from the onset about my expectations and what I wanted and they took a risk they did and the risk paid off because they have been super helpful in my career growth and my career development and learning new skills and you know even to employing an outside mentor to help with inside resources like what what is your company willing to do to make sure they get the best employee because at the end of the day the best employee means the best end product for them so what how much are they willing to invest you need to think about these things when you're looking for a new job or for any job actually um so yeah that's pretty much it on jobs i feel like this has been a really rambly podcast but hey ho like i hope it's been helpful all the same There are a few announcements. So things are going really, really well um, for us. And 2017 is going to be an amazing year for Black Girl Tech. So the first thing I want to say is that we have merchandise. We have T-shirts, hoodies, tote bags. um, And the link for that is um, teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Black Girl Tech teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash black girl tech and you can get like all your merchandise over there we have lost in the source merchandise and we have black girl tech merchandise so please 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 support because the funds are going towards helping us over the next um year if you are a company and you want to help black girl tech financially then please do contact blackgirl.tech at gmail.com blackgirl.tech at gmail.com so we can talk and have a chinwag um yeah we're looking for um corporate sponsors corporate donors as well um and finally our first two workshops of the year are going to be in january we will be teaming up with tribe um at my tribe london check them out they do mentoring for black women 
across not just in tech across industries um and our first workshop is going to be with them and it's going to be about salary negotiation how to negotiate your salary um black workers with a degree are paid four pound thirty an hour less on average than white graduates and that's from the office of national statistics of labor force so that's pretty serious, like £4.30 less on average. So come down. That is going to be on the 12th of January at 6.30 and it's going to be at Moo offices. The details for that will be in the description. You do need to get tickets. It's a ticketed event. Um, you can get tickets at bgtribe.eventbrite.com um, and the tickets are £5 deposit. You have to pay £5. But if you turn up to the event you can get your five pounds back. So it's pretty fair, in my opinion. Um, and there's also an option to donate. And we have another um, workshop towards the end of January, on the 26th of January, and this is going to be at Twitter headquarters. And this is an introduction to coding workshop. And this will be about learning HTML, CSS basics, and we'll be following the Code Academy curriculum. So come down for the intro to coding workshop, which is on the 26th of January. And the salary negotiation workshop with Tribe, which is on the 12th of January. Hope to see everyone there and everyone supporting. Follow us on Twitter at Black Gold Tech. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Lola Odalola. You can follow Lost in the Source on Twitter now as well at Lost in the Source. So, yeah, see you soon, guys. Bye. <laughs>